This is episode 178 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled Lady Rebecca Jade, San Diego Songstress. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show. And thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. to have a new guest on the show today. Rebecca Jade is with us, and she's a vocalist from, ta-da, San Diego. (laughs) So yeah, really pleased to have you on the show. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, normally I have a bio to introduce the guest with, but I thought this time we would just wing it and see how it goes. Sounds and, good. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed that we are on audio only for the sake of our listeners because there are some really adorable photos of you singing when you were <laughs> a when you were a really young girl. Oh. And so at the risk of embarrassing you, what kind of music did you enjoy when you first started singing? Um, well, I grew up it, as far as singing. Um, my mom is a singer, and so she exposed me to a lot of genres. And um, but as far as when I started really singing that I can remember, it started out with a lot of like jazz mm. and um, you know, like some Billie Holiday and some standards, you know, some you know, summertime and misty and um, oh, yeah. and then I also started, you know, I had a lot of influence you know, with Whitney Houston also. Oh, okay. and so I sang a lot of Whitney. I used to try to emulate her. I was going to say, lot. yeah. <laughs> Good like luck. Little girls, you know. <laughs> right. So, you could do it now, but yeah, back then might've been tough. Man. So yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot, a lot of that, a lot of jazz, but also a lot of pop and, and stuff. So. Uh-huh. I still under your mom's influence. Mm-hmm. Very and so. was there music that you liked that she was not that enthralled with back then? Um, she probably didn't like when I would listen to, you know, there was kind of the, not the start, obviously, but 
the, you know, I was starting to kind of delve into my own world of music. And, uh, you know, of course, there was jazz and, and R&B and, and soul music and stuff. But then I've also listened to hip hop and oh, okay. some of the some 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 rap that she probably didn't approve of. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a generation different. Uh -huh. so. Yep. Yep. So so there was definitely there was definitely that where she's just like, oh, she's like, what are they saying? I'm like, mom, I don't know. I'm just listening to the, <laughs> to the not beat. The point. You know, that's not the point, right? She's just like, the words are important. And now she'll, she'll, she, she likes to reference that. Remember I told you, cause now of course, as I'm older, I appreciate, you know, the lyrics and stuff, but then I didn't, I didn't really uh -huh. grasp that as much, you know, uh -huh, just what you wanted to <laughs> listen to. Yeah. For fun. Uh -huh. right. It's really amazing how music, I think especially for us as young people, when I think about, of course, a hundred years ago, but when I think about the music that I listened to when I was really young and how it colors your childhood. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know, it's not that you really, at least for me, it wasn't so much that I appreciated the music as I appreciated, I don't know what you'd call it, kind of the vibe or mm -hmm. the culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think music can envelop probably those both of those you know it gives it gives a vibe it gives it you know kind of sets a mood sometimes and then and then it does come from uh you know you can kind of associate it with something or 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 see where it kind of originates from that maybe contributes to the to what you would say is is its culture if that makes any sense yeah i don't know exactly yeah. it's like it's yeah. of its time right mm -hmm. so it's sort of like well this is our time and right. yet Guy, you know, I listen to some of that music now and it just seems so dated. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and maybe that's the difference between some of the jazz standards is they really seem timeless, right? Mm -hmm. They yeah, they're yep. just bigger than that moment in time. Yeah, yeah definitely. Know, interesting. Yeah, no, that's uh, some some of them are so well crafted that they stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. Some don't, you know, and just like anything, I would think even back then, as there is today, you know, there are like fads. There's like mm -hmm. songs that are kind of fads that if you listen to a song from ten years ago and you're just like, oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? What was that? You know? <laughs> but then there's other songs from twenty, thirty, forty years ago that you're like, oh, I can listen to that. Yeah. And it doesn't and it just it's nostalgic or it's mm -hmm. just does something there's just something to your brain and it just releases those endorphins or something, you know, that's just, mm -hmm. just like nothing else. Yeah, like nothing else for sure. Well, yeah. back to you. I, if I have this right, you lived in Puerto Rico and then in New York. Is that yes. right? Well, yeah, I was born in New York City. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I was three, we moved to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And uh, we lived out there. My dad joined the Coast Guard out there. And uh, my parents got divorced in Puerto Rico. And uh, my dad remarried. And then we moved um, from Puerto Rico. My dad got stationed in Northern California. So that's what brought us to California. Okay. And then, um, and then my mom followed suit because she's like, I'm you know, 3,000 miles away from my only child. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. not gonna that's not gonna that's not gonna fly for me now anymore you know so that's she was singing awesome. as a professional singer yeah uh she was working a day job and then was gigging on weekends mm -hmm. as a professional singer in puerto rico sold everything and came to california and then oh, my dad wow. from there actually we moved we moved from northern california in like one year we moved to then we moved to san diego and i've been here ever since yeah that's what's so interesting to me is you've been here ever since so what's kept you in san diego uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I just, you know, 
we we didn't move a lot after that you know when my when my uh my dad i think was i don't think he was in the coast guard much longer i think he just did a couple years or and um so i was i was going to school here i was involved in sports i had lots of friends and my you know uh, um yeah, I, I, I only time I left after that was for college, and then I came right back. <laughs> so. That's what I, you know, San Diego has that effect on it us, right? It does. I, yeah. lo- I love San Diego. I, I know some people, it's, it, you know, just, you know, I've heard of people that don't like it, but for the most part, when people come here to San Diego, they love it. and They and, stay. Yeah, they do, mm-hmm. and I, I've just loved it. It's just, I would consider it home, and mm-hmm. I would consider myself a San Diego girl, even though I do love my New York root and Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico roots. Um, I definitely am a San Diego girl at heart. Yeah, we're so lucky to have you in San Diego. Oh, thank you. So I want to talk a little bit uh technical stuff here about mm-hmm. so your voice and the variety of music that you sing is just astonishing i've spent now several days as i told you i've been stalking you so i've just <laughs> been listening to everything and you know the the different styles of singing that you can do the flexibility of your voice i've really just been blown away by all of that and so if you're Willing to share, can you talk to us a little bit about how your voice has developed over the years and what kind of techniques you use to 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 have achieved that level that you're at now? Well, thank you for the kind words. I do appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, um, it's going to sound weird, I guess. I don't I, – I've been – very fortunate i've been singing my whole life and Mm -hmm. so i don't know really a time that i wasn't singing um like i said come from my my mom being a singer my my uh my uncle and my grandfather on my mom's side um are are, were also singers and that was something that i just always did naturally i guess Mm -hmm. um after that, once I started kind of considering it like a career, mm-hmm. um, I I only really I had a handful of lessons trying to figure out like, and I had like some training from just just naturally from my mom, you know, when we'd be okay. singing in the car and stuff together growing up. And but like I said, I've been singing my whole life, doing theater and choirs and all that stuff. I've I've just always been involved in that and recording albums or se- sessions. And so as far as I don't know if it's, um, I think a lot of it was just kind of trial by error or mm-hmm. trial by fire. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, I borrowed that cause I have a friend of a couple of friends who have a, a little, have a band called trial by fire. So that, oh, okay, that made me think about that too. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. but you know, just from, from performing and, 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 there have been times when I've gotten myself hoarse and, ah. and, and that's just from learning like, okay, I can't do that anymore. I should be careful uh-huh. to do that. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, a couple cocktails before I do this or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I had to kind of learn the hard way on some, on, and some, in some respect. And so then I go, okay, I need to do this. I've, I've learned from, you know, having certain warm up techniques and, um, uh, but nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. A lot of it's just, you know, kind of just the, some typical scales and humming and like, mm-hmm. 
And that's just seemed to work for me. That and along with along with singing, you know, being blessed enough pre-COVID, I should say anyway, um, being I was gigging like five nights a week. And so the, the, the to me, you know, I mean, um, a lot of people. I think consider the voice like a muscle. Yeah. And so if I'm singing five nights a week, I'm not, it's not really getting to, to, to a point where it, it has to, um, it's getting cold if that makes right. any sense, you know, yeah, it's, like, it's no. like I'm running, it's like I'm running every day with my voice. Right. It's like, I'm, so it's not, that doesn't give a chance to atrophy or to, you know, need the, get the cobwebs out, so to speak. Like I said, uh-huh. I still would do warm ups every morning and, you know, uh, for the most part, but I also, there's times I didn't and I'd, mm-hmm. you know, just do it on the way to the gig, you know, for 20 minutes. And then I would choose my songs specifically like okay these are it's more mellow so i can start out with some mellow stuff and build up to you know um build up to more energetic songs as 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 my voice warmed up but um i so it's kind of those kind of techniques i'd be more aware mm-hmm. of like what i'm doing but if it's stuff like peter sprague stuff where sometimes it's very yeah. um rangy or there's mm-hmm. like lots of intervals and stuff like that then i need to make sure i'm warmed up because um, it's more tricky, and the voice is gonna the voice is gonna react better if it's warmed up. So yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, kind of de- depends depends on. But for the most part, that's really all I do. It's just mm-hmm. you know, drink tea and warm up and drink water and all the all the all the things that we're told to do. You know, that's basically what I've been what I've done. Yeah. So yeah. so interesting. I had never thought about that before that some professional singers really don't perform very frequently. And so, you know, people like you who are working at it regularly, Mm -hmm. you're naturally getting through your work, as you say, that that workout. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, for other professional singers, that probably is quite a challenge for them to stay. Also, all kinds of things, like just, I don't know, it seems like if you're performing that frequently, you know, you're just not going to have nerves i mean you just can't because you're doing it all the time right yeah (laughs) yeah whereas if you're only performing a few times a year yikes yeah yeah that's true but i'm thinking if you're i guess it's two sides of that coin if you're performing a few times a year is that because you've built up to that where you're where you don't have to perform a couple times except for a few times a year you know, you've built up that yeah, following enough, true. you know, mm-hmm. or is it where you're just still getting out there and learning and then and getting through the nerves and stuff like that. So that's two different kind of mindsets, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think that's, you know, and I'm and I'm feeling the the, the flip side of it with me right. not performing like yeah. I used to be, you know, five, five nights a week, four or five nights a week down to God, I'm lucky if I have three gigs a month right now, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, there's that side too. It's, 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 a, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting time. That's for <laughs> sure. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that concert, the online concert that you uh, have with Peter Sprague in a mm. couple of minutes, but I want to go back to a different video that I saw of you when you were singing on the San Diego trolley. Yeah. And, yeah. How did that come mm-hmm. about? So that band is called Rebecca Jade and the Cold Fact is affiliated with, it's um, connected with a local independent record label called um, the Redwoods Music. And so, and Redwoods has probably like, I think six or eight 
artists, bands, you know, uh, mm-hmm. bands as part of it, uh, or, or solo artists. So that's a band that um, I'm, um, I'm the lead singer in that band. And um, they had built a, rep- a rapport with trying to create like music on the trolleys and recording okay. it. And yeah, so that's, that's like basically how it came about. Like uh-huh. I just was, they were like, Hey, we're going to do a trolley show. Are you down? I'm like, of course. And uh, that's it, you know, just, Be careful what you're up for. Right, right, right. <laughs> and we literally went to the trolley station off of, uh, was it old town. Yeah. We met at old uh-huh, town, uh-huh. got on, got on at old town. Everybody piled in. Mm-hmm. We taped it and they brought us, then we got back on another one and came back and that was it. But it was, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. Really the unique. video is really nice actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The camera works really good and yeah, there's something really great about it. I mean, right. it's just so San Diego, right? <laughs> totally. to, you know, to, to put it. yeah. To have people on the trolley and of course people are just loving it. This, you know, having people on the trolley, <laughs> it didn't yeah. look from a performance standpoint, like it would be that easy to do that. <clears throat> like just, you know, you're moving, <laughs> and there's people I don't know it just it was like well great for these guys to do in this but that looks kind of hard actually yeah I think I mean they had figured it out I think they had already done the excuse me uh, mm-hmm. they had already done quite a few okay um so they had kind of already worked out all the kinks and the flows and just like hey we're gonna take over this little area here and you get on here and you sit up there and drummer, you sit up here. And I mean, we literally had a drummer there with the stand. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and just, I know. <laughs> go figure, you know. Yeah. Go yeah. Figure. It was, yeah, they had already kind of figured it out and worked it out. So it literally was like, yeah, we'll, we'll just be here. You sit there, sing the song. And that was it. Nice. So, yeah. On my end, it was, I was good. They just, okay. was, they had already worked it all out, which was great. I went to a concert by Luca Bloom, who's, Mm. uh, yeah, so he does a lot. His songs are very rhythmic, and he actually asked the audience not to clap because I guess, you know, because, yeah, I think he was worried that it would throw him off. Mm -hmm. And that was so eye-opening to me. I'd never had a musician ask us not to clap. And his Mm. music is, you, you know, you it kind of leads people to clap because it is so rhythmic. And so I was curious, I've been dying to ask somebody this question. Like, how do you feel when people clap? Do you, do you like it? Or are you worried as he was that it would, you know, that we're not really clapping on the beat the way we're supposed to be and that it might throw you, throw you off? I think it depends on, yeah, I think it depends on your, your type of your setting, you know? So if his show the way you explain it there in my head, I'm envisioning it's very either intimate or it's just very like, um, kind of personal or broken down or very, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I no, that, off, no, but, no, no, you, you've yeah. nailed it. That's exactly right. With there, the audience wasn't small, but it was extremely quiet. Right. So there's like that element that he probably really zones in, um, you know, in, in, mm. in, in, uh, in, in, the big scheme of, of what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. um, for me, yeah. I mean, there's been times where I've, I've 
been on stage and so it all depends if my you know usually if it's something that gets you to clap it's going to be in my experiences of when I'm on stage typically it's like something upbeat really dancey fun funky Mm -hmm. you know and so that it's not as pertinent as maybe his show right Um, but what I would do if there are times when people are clapping and they're kind of off and then most likely I can there's the freedom on my type of show where I can stop you know Mm. um not the not the band or whatever or if they're clapping I would just kind of like I can we can lead them in to clapping back on 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 rhythm or something like that you know (laughs) this is why I've been asked waiting to ask somebody this question yeah so in the audience we don't know how to clap that's the problem (laughs) you know which is true I mean some people tend to clap on on the one versus Mm. the two and and you know one and three versus two and four and some people you know and that's just what it is and that's and that's fine but um but sometimes it so then it might be helpful for somebody to like rein that in you know if Uh if somebody is you know so that's something i would do and i probably have done before you know be like okay like come here you know like put your hands together and then i would clap with people and just (laughs) show them like where it is and then and then we come back in or something like that but i would think it was interesting yeah it'd be different i think it's different per per setting but i could figure that the the artist you were saying like he probably i'm assuming he's a guy i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i know yeah he's a guy yeah, and it's just, yeah and yeah. it's just him and his guitar oh okay. so yeah he wouldn't have a chance to kind of intervene no. and kind of lead us back to where exactly where he wants the beat to be yep yep so oh, that wow. seems more like he's probably really zoned in and so if somebody's rhythm is is mm-hmm, throwing mm-hmm. him off it might be a little dis- distracting even too for him too. oh way so, right yeah, yeah it'd be like having a drummer there who's not playing the same song as you exactly <laughs> yeah exactly you know there's so many levels like so part of you know there is that element of while performing that mm-hmm. there's you know there can be distractions there mm-hmm. can be issues with audio and oh, stuff like yeah. that and you know, or sound problems. And those are like literally things that we're kind of trying to deal with while we're performing. And a yeah. lot of times we can, depending on the show, like I said, it can be fine and you can, you have to just, the show goes on. But, mm-hmm. you know, some people like if they, that's part of the artistry is if they really require a certain element, you know, to be that way so that they mm-hmm. can perform at their best abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fascinating. So normally my podcast is about work. I mean, we're talking about work today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, but your work is a little bit different. So I wanted to ask you how you approach it. Like, do you think of it as a quote unquote job and are you trying to make a living at it or do you still maintain a day job or kind of where are you out with that whole thing? Yeah, no, I can definitely consider it a career. And um, this is my, this is my, nine to five so to speak mm-hmm. you know okay. mm-hmm. uh, even though I work I feel like you know 12 hour 15 hour days sometimes when, especially when you know pre-covid because I work I'm an independent contractor so I would work okay. with lots of different bands or I would have my own band and own gigs own shows I tour travel you know so yeah I've been very very grateful and fortunate to be able to do this as a as a as a living gotcha yeah, I was. I, so I've had some other musicians on the show. I had a band on. And so I was talking to them, you know, this question. 
And I was thinking, you know, this is the ultimate entrepreneur, right? Someone who's really just trying to make it really in a very tough environment. You know, there's no venture capital. There's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. hard. So do you have advice for people out there who are thinking, boy, I'd love to do, because I'm sure there are a lot of them out there. (laughs) Yeah. So what, what, do you have any advice for them? You know, honestly, there's the, and it's, they're going to be a bunch of cliche statements. (laughs) Okay. I'll brace myself. But it's super true. Right. It's just like literally, you know, um, I think when I first started, I, you know, I, I was naive in thinking Mm. like of what, what I thought was supposed to be. Um, what I expected, you know, and it took me a a little while to realize that this is definitely uh, a marathon and not a race, you know, so that's the first cliche uh, statement, (laughs) 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 you know, it's really like this is to, to become success and also success is, is also subjective, right? So um, what is your level of success? I feel successful because I've been able to do this at, for my living, Mm -hmm. you know, um and maintain that for a number of years you know i would and, say so yeah yeah and, and and so there's that so that's to me is a level of success now there's also i'm evolving and trying to, and i'm always having goals but i've at least reached the point where i'm able to do you know make this my career and mm-hmm. and then i've set goals along the way i want to travel i want to get out i want to start doing my own tour so those are that's where my next goals are i've, I've been able to travel but now i'm i'm looking to hopefully do my own tours of my okay own and stuff like that mm-hmm, so right? you should always be evolving i think mm-hmm. you know have 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 many goals along the way M- many goals many goals too i guess many 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 goals <laughs> <laughs> yeah right both yeah oh, exactly <laughs> but know that like you know, maybe have a bigger picture idea of what you're aiming for. Um, and also just know that it's really like highly unlikely that it's going to happen quickly. Um, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of the name of the game, you know, it's like, and, and San Diego is also not super known for its big music scene. Like we're mm-hmm. not Nashville and we're not, you know, um, LA, which is also a different scene as, you know, they're more like recording artists and stuff like that you know it's different but Mm -hmm. we do have a pretty decent music scene here it's like you can make a living here you know Uh and uh so you but you have to be able to you have to almost your career has to be almost like um like a financial portfolio you know Mm -hmm. you have to diversify you have to be Mm -hmm. flexible you have to be uh be um be have, have have lots of different uh, wear lots of different hats and be willing to um evolve i think that's been that's been my strongest, um, I think, takeaway as I've gotten old, as I've gotten older and been living this, you know, living through this career. It's like looking back and as I'm kind of still going through it, it's like you've had to evolve. You've had to make changes, make adapt adaptations along the way to, to, you know, because what got you, this is the thing I have to think, I've always thought about, okay, what got me from A to B, it might not be strong enough to get me to C now, you know, because you have to, because you'll just stay at B if you just keep doing what you were doing. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. No, no, it definitely does. Yeah. So when you get to B now, you're going to have to start revamping or, you know, and go, okay, now I'm looking at C. What do I have to do to get to C? I can't do the same thing. Mm. You should be hopefully getting more workload. You should be, you know, so that might 
evolve to um, learning a new thing about, you know, getting your taxes done, like learning this and learning, learning about this. I say, for instance, I wasn't, I didn't go to school for music theory, but once I started gigging and um, my, 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 um, my idea of being a, a singer changed because oh. of the musicians I was around. Uh-huh. And so, you know, um, but I wouldn't have known that had I not no. been gone mm-hmm. from step A to step B, right? So sure. now B to C, it's like, okay, I want to start, I need this, I need to be seen more as a musician. I want to be seen more as a musician, not just a singer, because singers have uh, over a lot of times have, have a negative connotation in the way that singers have this, this aura about them, this kind of vibe about them that they, that, you know, musicians want to respect singers if they will respect themselves as musicians. As, if that as makes music. sense, no, you know, it definitely does. Yeah. And so singers take the initiative to learn a little bit more about being a musician so that you can communicate with the musicians. At some point you're going to be yeah. made most likely a lead, leader of a band or just, you're the front person. You might not be the leader of the band, but you're this front person that the band has mm-hmm. got to follow mm-hmm. you know, unless you have a set structure and your songs are the same exactly the same way every time then that's maybe a little different but I anyway so I'm saying that to say I went back to school because I wanted to understand from a musician's perspective and and it helped me tremendously mm-hmm. you know just to have that knowledge and and a lot of and I'm so grateful but a lot of my musician friends there go like no you're a musician that sings you know you understand as a musician and and singers know your know the keys you sing songs in when you start yeah. gigging like there's like these a lot of things along the way and you'll you'll learn them as you get in there but you just have to be willing to ask questions and find people who are willing to share share this knowledge with you but they're only going to do it if they can tell that you really care mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> so if mm-hmm. you're just kind of like whatever and think you're you're you know god's gift to all people who have ears like that's you know like <laughs> yeah you're kind of in trouble right there you know so have some humility and be hungry and um and just know that it's gonna it's gonna be a it's it's a long ride but it's so worth it yeah keep learning well i have a million thoughts going through my head right (laughs) now all at the same time yeah it's so first you know kudos to you for saying you know i want to take I want to get into this a little bit deeper and become serious about music because mm-hmm. I think you're right. Sometimes singers don't do that and they do end up probably frustrating their bands because mm-hmm. you you need a common language, right? To, right. To talk about that. Absolutely. So that, that totally makes sense. And, mm-hmm. I, and it can definitely different, differentiate singers in that way. Right. So yeah, kudos to you uh, for you. doing that. But but yeah, this whole idea of keep learning, keep growing. Yeah. And, you know, when I talked to, so it was Warden Hayden and the Outliers, they're a band out of Boston, and they were talking about, you know, kind of being in it for the long haul and also what defines success for them. I think for them being able to make a living, that's kind of check that box that does mm-hmm. it for them. Yeah. But they were saying in their experience, you know, a lot of times things seem to happen really fast they said for other bands and then for whatever reason, that's the end of it. And so they were saying, you know, they kind of had this feeling like that there was a real blessing to not having instant fame because it gave them time to get better and become more pro and kind of grow 
Yes. So yeah, it's really it's really fascinating to talk to people in that kind of line of work where yeah, fame can fame can be dumped on you, mm-hmm. but careful what you wish for. I mean, totally. We, you know, we, yeah. Yep. No, that makes a lot of sense, and I would t- I would c- c- completely concur with them on that. Completely. The other thing I was going to say when all my million of thoughts flying around in my head, Mm. you know, you do have so, there are so many different genres that you can sing in and really excel in. I have to believe that's contributed to your ability to play in different places and with different groups. And yeah, I would think so too. I mean, it's just, that's what I mean about being, you know, um, flexible is not the right word, but just open to being in different situations. So yeah, if you're going to be in a top 40 band, you're going to sing pop stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, but your approach to singing pop is going to be different than singing blues, than singing jazz, Mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of really having a better understanding of, of each genre. You don't have to be a pro at them I don't definitely don't consider myself a pro at them but you approach each song kind of differently you know and mm-hmm. I even to me it's like even imitating like start imitating some of these artists as you start to get your own sound you know mm-hmm. if you're if you're really just starting to get into it okay so start you know listen to Billie Holiday listen to how when she sings it's super behind the beat you know it's mm-hmm. like that's that's a big indicator of jazz not only the instrumentation and the way they play but like as a singer you're going to be behind that beat mm-hmm. um but that does not work it does not reflect well when you're singing pop mm-hmm. you know and so if you're singing behind the beat you sound off you know if you're mm-hmm. singing pop because that's right on the beat you have to sing da, 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 you know mm-hmm. and so um so yeah but so, so being immersing yourself in a lot of different situations I think really help you um at least it did for me to mm-hmm. to be to be more uh, versatile yeah what's big in San Diego like is jazz big or soul or what, what do we have in San Diego? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know, I think we do have a, a pretty decent jazz scene. Okay. Um, I've lived here my, most of my life. So honestly, I don't have a point of reference um, to say, oh, it's like really great over there. And, you know, da, da. I don't. Okay. And so as I feel a little, I feel a little unable to answer this at the best of my abilities, but I feel like we have, you know, because it's such a, I mean, we have night, we definitely have the nightclub scene here pre-covid everything we have to well, say yeah. is, is it? <laughs> yeah, right i just That's am so assuming weird. we're gonna go back yeah <laughs> right, right right me too <laughs> uh, it's so weird to even say it but anyway mm-hmm. um yeah i mean we we have definitely uh, a nightclub scene here live music venues are a lot more um i think like either soul funk party kind of vibes mm-hmm. um and restaurant like acoustic i think we really have a a pretty solid acoustic like scene here okay Um, which is just you know like a good singer and a guitar player and you know Mm -hmm. um i think we have a decent jazz scene here Mm -hmm. um 
and I and we definitely have, which I wasn't aware of until I became a member of uh, Rebecca Jade and the Cold Fact, of a an underground scene that we that's actually really popular that I didn't I didn't know my 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 world did not cross with that world until I became a member of uh, Cold Fact. So um, so I think we have a I think we have a plethora of music here. It's okay. just really diverse. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think we're known for one particular thing because it's like in, on any given night, you can go see a dance band and a jazz band and an in, indie rock band and a, you know, and go see a guitar player while you're having dinner and like, like on any given night, you know, so it's, it's really hard to classify the music scene we have here because I think it's, I think it's really diverse. Yeah. Well, it's a very diverse city. You know, San mm-hmm. Diego is really astonishing in that way. Right. I mean, and the hip hop scene too. I didn't, I mean, that there's that, which is not my world, but mm-hmm. I know there's that too. And we have spoken word. I mean, there's literally, there's so many different things here. Like, mm-hmm. so sorry to cut you off, but that was just, no, just, no, just yeah. popped in my head too. Uh-huh, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> as you think about different stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I think, of course, I think it's great because I'm a big fan of, of diversity and different ideas and choice and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to think about the way that has evolved because it is pretty different than like the blue scene in Chicago or the scene in New Orleans or, right. you, you know, that, that, yes. we, that yeah, and that's so characteristic of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Where everybody's just kind of doing their own thing in San Diego. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. city for that. And I think I read somewhere, this was a while back, so maybe like a maybe eight months ago or so, I read that, I mean, like San Diego music scene was actually grown pretty, I mean, like comparable. I think it's definitely not, not you know, Nashville, I think was number one. And someplace else, like New Orleans or something was number two. But San mm-hmm. Diego music scene was like a top five. Oh, interesting. And I was really shocked to see that. I yeah. was like, really? And then I had to kind of ponder it. I was like, huh. If somebody came here and was like, okay, where can I go? And I mean, just like I explained mm-hmm. it, it's like, that's, you, you know, like I said, cer- certain places are kind of, or Memphis, you know, like Memphis, you know, you're going for like some straight up yeah. Southern blues and that's mm-hmm. probably on every corner, you know, mm-hmm. but here it's like, you can get blues mm-hmm. and you can get Americana and you can get pop and top 40 and soul and horn bands, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like, <sighs> Yeah, you know, so it's, I think for some people it might not seem like it's a lot because they might only like a certain genre or something. Yes. Like, oh well, God, I, I just want soul music. Well, you're only going to get that at maybe a couple or a handful of places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if you look at the big picture, I mean, I, I really think you know San Diego does have a lot to offer if you're open to variety. Yeah, that's more of it. And also, sometimes I think it's kind of a PR thing. Right, because those mm. cities have really used their tourism industry to drive right. that, right? Mm-hmm. And we haven't done that in San no, Diego. We haven't you're not had seeing, to, yeah, you're not yeah. seeing a PR machine in action nope, here. <laughs> not at all. Because I think what we've pushed is that, you know, come get married here and this is a destination site, you know, setting and uh, or join the military and you're here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. more like where we've pushed it. But and so these are like a huge, I mean, I've done a ton of weddings and stuff, you know, okay. and um, because that's, that's what our scene is here, you know, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> you're what come, people come for. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you're going to make and as an, as a, as a professional singer, that's a good check. Um, mm-hmm. But is that what, 
the end game is for you as a in a career. Like I definitely do not shoot it down because that's that's been I've been so grateful to have mm-hmm. that kind of work, um, and that could be where it supplements what you're trying to do as your as an artist. You know, if that's mm-hmm. your goal, it depends. Mm-hmm. Depends on what mm-hmm. your really is. What your goal is is going to depend on what what path you want to take. So, all right, now I finally want to talk about this really great. Uh, concert online concert that you did with Peter Sprague and some other uh, people had such unusual song selection. Mm. So I think so amazing grace. You started with that and Mm -hmm. sorry to tell you this, but over the years I've just gotten, so I almost hate amazing grace. I get it. (laughs) Thanks for being nice about that. No, I totally get it. But it was really great for me actually, because I, I really liked your rendition. I, I mean, usually I'm just like gritting my teeth. It was like, yeah. you know what? I'm enjoying this. And also I'm really intrigued by what she's doing with this song that I've just overheard so many uh-huh. times. Can you can you tell me what you were trying to do with it? Not really. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, because no, I can talk about it for sure. I, I didn't I didn't have a goal, um, you know, mm-hmm. when I went to, to sing it. Uh, and that's what I mean, but I can't really tell you because I, I didn't have a a set way honestly mm-hmm. um i wasn't sure i was going to feel comfortable even singing it because of you know it's it was right in the cl- basically it's in the what is our current climate not only yeah. covid but you know we're dealing with racial inequality and police brutality and um and in and um peter was like hey what i was thinking maybe we can do amazing grace and mm. i was like well uh, my, my heart head, would have yeah, just know, sunk my, to my floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. I've sung it, of course, many times before. Okay. And it was, but there was something, and I almost asked him if we could cancel, if we could not do it. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, this song, is it, I don't know, and the history of it. And yeah. it's just like, which we don't really know until this I didn't I should say I didn't know the history of it until really recently and stuff and but I tried to approach it and I what I did try to do and I guess this is my way of answering your question mm-hmm. is like being aware of you know thinking about historically yes where the song came from okay and but also knowing like that my ancestors sang this song and there's a, okay. there's a sense of there's a sense of hope in this song that goes beyond the scope of where it originated. And mm. so I tried to really think of it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that a lot of people maybe don't, don't know the history of, of the, of the origination of the song, but in just trying to find a, 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 the positivity in it and just thinking of not only my ancestors, but many of many people of color that 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 song just really um drives drives home this feeling of hope and endurance so that's really where I tried to kind of come from when I sang it it's very effective so that's a really interesting point because the song carries so much history right you know and and acknowledging that you know what it also reminds me of I don't I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie 50 Feet from Stardom. Something I did. like yeah. that. Yeah. 20, 20 Feet from Stardom. No, oh, mm-hmm. 20 Feet. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember in there, uh, some of the backup singers talking about swing, singing Sweet Home Alabama. 
Mm. and having mixed feelings about that. And one of them finally saying, you know what? Fine. We're going to sing this song and we're going to sing the hell out of this song. Mm. And it's so, has, mm-hmm. I still get chills actually yeah. thinking about her saying that, that, wow. you know, sometimes you bring what you're going to bring to us. Yeah, song. exactly. That's exactly it. You know, it's like, instead of, you know, kind of having a, 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 an attitude about it or something like that, or, and it's not, And it's okay if you don't, if you choose not to, there's that too. You know, if I was really, if I was really adamant about it and I just said to Peter, like, you know, I don't really feel comfortable. He would have been like, fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like the end of the world there or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. but I know where he was coming from. He was trying to find a way to unify. He just felt like that was a beautiful song to kind of show you know, kind of paying homage to us being, you know, because even even after that, we did a whole show um, that wasn't the show. I think the one after that, we did a Stevie Wonder tribute and, do- and donated 50% of all tips and proceeds to Black Lives Matter. Oh, so, okay. so like, and we all wore Black Lives Matter shirts and like, you know, it was just like, so it, to me, like, I know where Peter is coming from, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so it, it's that also played into my, my reason to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, this is a way that I think we can, you know, we can still sing the song. Some people still find um, a beautiful, there's a message in this song that is, you know, aside from its history that, that people draw on that it's got, it's hope. It's got hope. It's got, um, you know, um, amazing grace. I mean, just having grace, the, the word grace, yeah. the power in that, yeah. word, what it means. And, and, um, so there's that, you know, so I, that was like, like I said, it's so funny that you bring up that because I literally was on the fence about doing that specific uh-huh. song that day. <laughs> well, it's a great, really great concert and I'll uh, provide Thank a link you. to it. Um, but also then you go on to do, I get a kick out of you, which also uh-huh. just this great rendition. And then, well, I guess it's not right after that. And then you guys also do come together. And mm-hmm. it's such a fabulous version of, uh, <laughs> of rendition of come together. Yeah. Peter, Peter is, he's amazing. It's, Peter Sprague comes up with these great arrangements of these songs to oh. just flip them on their head and, you know, so the cool, the, the, I get a kick out of you is from our, we did a whole, uh, Cole Porter album. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, What's and, the name of it again? Uh, Planet Cole Porter. Oh yeah. Planet yeah, Cole Porter. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So, you know, we approached a lot of our songs differently for that record, but they're all Peter's, um, arrangements. I mean, he's, He's brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. and he's also a huge Beatles fan. Okay. And so, um, we've done a couple really cool remakes of Beatles tunes. God, we did, I don't know if it was on that, sh- on that live stream. I don't think it was, but we do a slow down version of I Want to Hold Your Hand. Oh, okay. And it's so pretty because it just, you know, we're just so used to, I want to hold your hand. Right? You know, it's like such a poppy, like, you know. And so, and he we he brings it down to a ballad and it's mm. so pretty and you just i just love how he thinks outside the box and just you know um but that's his that's his brilliance i mean he's an incredible arranger writer producer guitarist he's incredible and i'm so grateful and blessed to any chance i get to work with him 
And same for us in San Diego to have him mm-hmm. be local. I guess yeah. we have the surf to thank for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> still surfs, I think, like every every day or every, at least a couple a few times a week. He still surfs. So so to go back to the music a, a, a bit here, do you play any instruments and does that help you? You know, funny. I don't. I, I, I don't. And I do. So growing I up. I see a bunch of instruments there. <laughs> right. behind you. Our listeners can't see that. <laughs> right. but I see a bunch of instruments back there. Yeah. Uh, that's all. That's called that's called aspirations. You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Same at my house. Yeah. If I had my camera, you would be able to see too all these right. instruments. I'd love to be able to play. Well. I yeah, I grew up. Um, I, I was actually very much an athlete. Mm. So I didn't. I I I was drawn more to sports and I was mm-hmm. very much into sports and singing. And my parents tried to get me to play piano. I took like mm. 3 years. I even did, you know, a couple of recitals and everything. Mm-hmm. But like for them to just get me to sit down and play piano was like pulling teeth, you know, mm-hmm. and so I fought it. I really wish I had stuck with it as, you know, looking back now, of course, but I you know, I can't go back. So, um as I've gotten older, I was like, okay, even when I went back to school, like I was telling you about, like to study mm-hmm. music, I took some piano classes, mm. I took some percussion classes. Okay. Um, and I always kind of dabbled. I'd go, I go in this interesting little triangle of learning to something on drums and then I'll learn something on piano. And then uh-huh. I started really getting drawn to bass and then I would okay. go to drums and piano and bass. And I just do this, nice little, <laughs> this little, little triangle. Right. Uh-huh. So lately I've actually been on this bass kick and I've been really enjoying it. Mm. Um, so right now I've been, I've been playing bass and I've been making myself play, play bass on like some of my gigs, just, it's just mellow stuff. Not nothing mm-hmm. too crazy. Cause I'm singing also. So yeah. It's, um, it's not just, um, you know, it's, it's really been a challenge for me to sing and play. And so that's been wonderful to try to learn this dexterity. I mean, one of the things that, that I'm always so curious about is what our brain is doing. Mm-hmm. And I've wondered, so as you were talking there, I was wondering if when you play an instrument, if you feel as though it's changing your, how your brain is processing music like if you hear music differently once you play an instrument I think so I think even when that's what how, this always stuck with me somebody said something years ago why some people become musicians and why some people it's not a, it's a total general generalization and it's mm. not for everybody but it's mm. like people that like really really dig music but don't become musicians is because they don't want to see they don't want to see the man behind the curtain so to speak so that always stuck with me because it's like once you start understanding the gears of Mm -hmm. you know that's obviously Mm -hmm. not literal gears but like like the processes of like notes and how like to simplicity of like okay a quarter note is this and mm-hmm. within a bar is this and if it's a four four bar it's this a four quarter notes in one bar you know what I mean like mm-hmm. when you're getting down to the nuts and bolts of it mm-hmm. it can take away the mystery of the mysticism of music mm-hmm. and um so saying all that to kind of get back to your question is that yeah, I really think once you have I think once you started to delve into understanding how music is created in a way mm-hmm. um you can't unlearn that i don't think so 
as I'm, you know, so now when I'm singing and like, I feel like a rhythm or something like that, mm-hmm. even though I don't play drums, but I had some, I have some, mm-hmm. some knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. It affects me mm-hmm. like it it has an effect on how I sing or how I play or if like there's a rhythm that's off right or if there's mm-hmm. somebody that you know back to the clapping right yeah. so mm-hmm. if you're in a pulse if you're feeling a pulse and then there's this like off thing mm-hmm. you know anyway yeah I think I really do think once you you know and as as I've been learning to play bass even like like understanding like just trying to tie in like playing and singing um it just it just does something to the brain but it's been getting better because like i'm you know like i said i'm working on it you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah i think it definitely plays a part like me playing an instrument or singing you know uh, or playing an instrument alone in and of itself is its own thing which is already incredible Mm -hmm. um and how that relates to to me as a singer is um uh, it definitely affects it in, in, a, in a positive way. I love Music it. is so fascinating. But it, it must make you, you know, a much better band member, right, to have absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's back to the thing. It's like once I knew, you know, like you have to understand like where to come in or like your tempos. If you're singing a song, mm-hmm. I have to know that I'm not going to count it in one, two, three, four. And I'm like, now I'm like, blah, 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 blah. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you want to... But you won't understand that unless you go through it. Mm-hmm. Well, our hour here has just flown by. My goodness, <laughs> right. it is the quickest hour ever. <laughs> and so, you know, I have a, lots of questions for you, but I know that I have to let you go. So for my last question, yeah, when we're back to whatever we're going to be back to, Mm-hmm. Tell us, like, where do you suggest that we go in San Diego to hear good music? Well, like I said, it really kind of varies. I mean, there's just it depends on what you're what you're looking for. Um, if you're just looking for live music when you go to dinner, um, I, I work with a great a local company called uh, the Acoustic Spot, and they mm-hmm. uh, on their website they are affiliated with a number of different uh, venues and they give okay. a lot of work to a lot of us artists uh, around town. Okay. And um, they're wonderful. And they, they have restaurants that they provide entertainment for in La Jolla, Del Mar, San Diego, downtown, mm. like all over, all I over see. San Diego. Um, so I really like to, I always like to push them because they're just, they've been wonderful. I worked, I've been working with them for like, God, like five years, I think. Okay, good to and know. And they've been wonderful. They've given me so much work around town and have been super flexible with like my touring schedule and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they're wonderful. I love, I love Josh Jose in the, in the acoustic spot. Um, okay. As far as, and so that, that that's a good hub to find a number of mm-hmm, places right, right? Yeah. um for that for that vibe if you're looking for just a duo trio like a little dinner you know as far as um you know if you like indie you know a lot of bands have uh, go through um the place called the music box which used to be uh-huh. anthology um, I love that place too. Um, mm-hmm. I used to be the singer in the house band at Anthology, so that was that okay. was my old stomping grounds for 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 five and a half years before they closed their doors. And the Music Box um, took it over. They bought it, they bought the building and took it over. Okay. Um, so Music Box is great because they really cater to a lot of the 
indie bands, um, just touring bands. They just give a place for people to Mm -hmm. come through and, uh, and, and have a great show in San Diego. And so I've been able, fortunate enough to perform there as well. Um, and it's great. It's a wonderful venue. Um, other places are, gosh, it really varies. It depends on what you're looking for. Like yeah, uh-huh. I think that's place. right. Yeah. yeah, the places that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go there for a certain kind of music unless you're really eclectic, right? You're yeah. really open to different things like the Casbah and the Belly Up. Exactly. Casbah is great. That's another place that I would definitely recommend. Like they're, But they're more, like I said, more that indie vibe, you know? Like uh-huh. indie, um, if you're looking for top 40 more kind of dance bands, where would they go? Like... Humphreys, they have that. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, lounge or the if they have bigger concerts, you know, in their on the outdoor, um, uh, their mm-hmm. outdoor stage as well. Um, belly up too. Um, yeah, so there's lots of there's lots of bigger venues that we have here in San Diego, which are great. This is all making me super jealous to <laughs> to get back out there again, or whatever the word is. I, I think I shouldn't have brought up this topic. <laughs> now I'm like, well, gee, how come we I never know. get to go out anymore? <laughs> Stupid COVID. Stupid COVID. Stupid. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I it's cramping. It's cramping my you. style. Right. <laughs> I'm pouting so, over here. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pouting too. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. You're I so welcome. appreciate your time. And before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience, how they could follow your work or anything you'd like them to know? Sure. Yeah. Just, uh, I, m- almost all of my social media is Lady Rebecca Jade. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. even all the Snapchat and TikTok and all that stuff. It's all Lady Rebecca Jade. The only okay. one that's different is my youtube channel and i'm hoping i can change that but right now it is rebecca jade music okay and then my website is just rebecca jade so uh-huh great yeah. well i'll provide links to those things also uh, in thank the show you. notes and yeah thank you so much i just love talking to you likewise thank you so much for having me jennifer i really appreciate it Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, the pandemic isn't really over, but it seems as though we've moved into a different phase where our lives have a bit more normalcy. As a result, we're adjusting the format of the show back to fewer, more lengthy episodes airing on Tuesday and Friday and sometimes on Sunday, since those Sunday literary episodes have been very popular. Speaking of which, our downloads have exploded during the pandemic, so thank you for your patronage. If you like what we do, you can support the show through our Patreon page. Another way to support us, which doesn't cost anything, is to follow us or like us on Podomatic.com. 
and that will help us increase our visibility. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a comment about who you are, what you like, or if you have a comment about the show. And finally, I also run a professional training company for people who want to advance in their careers with courses on communication skills, executive presence, and accent reduction. You can find out more at discreteguide.com, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T-G-U-I-D-E. Please take care and let's talk again soon.